welcome to Wood Talk for woodworkers by woodworkers. Now here are three guys who, if combined, would make one hell of a woodworker. Mark, Matt, and Shannon. All right, it's Wood Talk number 237 for April 24th, 2015, and it's a weekend edition of Wood Talk, and that means we're talking about one single topic, and that topic is a suggestion from Woodman501. It's about, uh, well, he wants to know what kind of consideration we give to techniques, materials, tools, and how that impacts our projects. So he says, listening to several podcasts lately, the topic of selecting projects, be they commissions, guild builds, or family requests, brings forth the opportunity to test skills and techniques. My question is this, when considering projects, how much does the techniques require the materials and the tool requirements influence your interest in tackling the project? So is this even something that comes into your thought process? I mean, obviously tools, right? If you don't have a particular tool, it might make it a little difficult to even bother thinking about doing that particular project. Um, right. that, that kind of probably goes without saying across the board. Technique wise. No, actually, no, <laughs> see, not anymore. Um, well, explain tools what you mean. plays like nothing into it. And I don't know whether it's because I went all hand tool um, and I'm much more kind of utility tools, but I was, I made kind of a, I might've said this in the show once before I made kind of a vow this year that I wouldn't be buying any tools mm-hmm. this year because I just don't, I just don't need them anymore. If I'm, if I'm buying an additional tool, it's something really, really specialized that ends up sitting on a shelf collecting dust 99% of the time. So that actually never factors into it for me anymore because it's not that, Oh, look at me. I've got all these tools, but I'd rather try to figure out how to do it with what I have. Yeah. Um, and that to me is actually more rewarding than going out and getting something really, really specialized. Um, what if it was something that blah, 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 maybe it's impractical or uh, too much to do by hand? Let's say something that just is uh, some kind of wacky that's, bent lamination project. That's why I bought the 20 inch planer. I was just going to say, <laughs> okay, you have your ways. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if, if it were a heck of a lot of bent lamination, cause that's going to get old. Know. Sawing. I mean, that would be, that would be a lot of hand sawing, I yeah. suppose. And then, um, I mean, I would still hand plane it all, but I, I don't know. I mean, I still probably wouldn't. For me, my situation is a little bit different because I work someplace where there's a mill. And yeah. granted, I there seems to be this perception that I can just wander up to the mill and use whatever tool I want. Not so much. Um, our, our mill foreman's a little bit uh, doesn't let anybody touch his tools. But <laughs> I could probably get some time on a local shop to maybe use a bandsaw or something like that. But um, I would probably, if it came down to this was going to be a bent land project, I would think about how could I engineer it differently. Could I yeah. use it? Could I do steam bent? Um, or something along that line, or could I go and buy the material um, already ready for lamination? I don't know. Right. Uh, well, the, the techniques aspect of this, I find particularly compelling to think about because the last yeah. show we talked about our histories and the one question we all answered was whether or not we think the whole concept of podcasting has helped us or hurt us in our personal journey. So you have to think about that when you tackle a project, one of the best ways to grow as a woodworker is to intentionally pick projects that contain techniques you don't yet know how to do so that you can actually learn how to do them when it matters while actually doing a project. Um, And I think that is part of the problem is when I'm trying to teach other people, I have to play it a little bit safer than I might otherwise if no one was watching at all. 
I could fail miserably on my own and feel okay about it. It's failing miserably when there are thousands of other people watching me fail miserably. <laughs> that tends right. to be a little bit more of a problem. And that may not even be like a conscious decision. That may be a subconscious decision. So I'm curious. Um, let's, let's go to Matt. When you're picking projects, do you find that you're making a little bit more safer decisions? But Or are you still picking projects that have things in them that you know you're going to be up against a challenge? Mm, I, I, I want to say I want to say I always pick something that's going to have a little bit of a challenge in it. But no, I I, I hate to say I, I go back on my I fall back on my my safety zone and I'll go with something that I'm I'm comfortable with. Typically, I'm the type of person that as I'm working on a project, I'll make all these alterations kind of on the fly. So mm-hmm. I'll, I'll once in a while I'll throw something in there and be like, <laughs> here goes nothing. And it, sometimes <laughs> it, it works. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't really pick projects in any way that would make me really push myself. Oh, that's horrible to say, isn't it? No, I think it's the reality of the situation and what we do and why our you know answers yeah, might be actually, unique. Because I don't have a lot of time in the shop. I mean, of course, for the show and stuff, I try to do things once in a while. But at this point, I oftentimes am trying to pick something that I, I know for sure that I can do, especially if it's a project that somebody's commissioning me to do. Um, I want to be make sure that I'm not going to have it fail miserably. I don't want to hand over something and be like, well, I gave it a good try. <laughs> can you, can <laughs> you at least give me three quarters of the payment, please? <laughs> right, exactly. So so in, in that scenario, you know, I, I probably will fall back on my laurels and be like, you know, I'm just going to go with for sure what I know. Uh, but if I do ever get like an itch, like, I, you know, I'll open a magazine and be like, that's really, really interesting. I wonder if I can do it. I might try it for a one-off, but yeah, that's. <laughs> yeah, I, I admittedly do play it a little bit safer than I would like, you know, on paper. And, yeah. and it's just, um, it's just the nature of the beast. I want to put out a good product as much as I want to finish the project itself successfully. And it's very important that I guide when I'm trying to teach people. It's important to guide them to that finish line competently and to to look like you know what you're talking about like there is an aspect of exploration that people are tolerant of and and appreciate but ultimately i still need to get to that finish line and there are no excuses for not getting there so i do have to play it safe and say well you know i've never done a bent lamination of that caliber before but i've done bent lamination so i know this is just pushing it a little bit further i know i can get there but if there's something let's say steam bending i'm probably not going to pick a project that has steam bending until i do one and get the process at least, not I won't say perfected, but at least get comfortable with it so I could speak from a place of experience when I'm teaching it to people. Um, right. You know, so that I do let that the, the techniques guide uh, my decisions for sure. Now, Shannon, I mean, you're in a very similar situation as me. How much do you let that sort of like, have you done this at all before? Like, have you done a lot of marketry? Because I know we talked about that recently. Very little. Um, but that's, that's a key point is I would like to... Um, in my business, uh, at some point. Yeah. So what I, what I do is I, I do carve out time to do other things. Um, and marketry is kind of on my list. In fact, I've been, I have some materials, some veneer and stuff like that in the shop right now that I just want to play around and do some little projects with. I may not do anything in the hand tool school and marketry for two years. Um, but I will have had a couple of projects under my belt to, to, to get that. I do think that there's a nice mix. Yes, you should have done it once before, but I do think there's uh, adding a little bit of that. Shoot. <laughs> Someone have a duck in the shop. <laughs> no, uh, Shut your duck phone. up. 
It was on vibrate a second ago. Um, anyway, the um, I, I do think there's an element of being not like really, really veteran to a technique and having some newness to it. So you can grasp these are the things that I struggled with. I do think that that kind of um, honesty, if you will, can be really good from a teaching perspective. Yeah. But um, I don't want to go into something completely fresh. Never touched this before. No, I don't think that's a good idea. But what it does force me to do is is tackle little things that have new techniques in them um, all the time, kind of on the side. Um, carving is a good example. Um, I did a lesson on carving in the hand tool school, I guess, uh, about two years ago now. But about five years ago, I started carving. started just kind of messing around with it and doing a little project here, carving a shell there, um, <laughs> carved my initials one time, and then I did that again um, another time. So there, there does have to be a little bit of that going on on the side. Mm -hmm. um, but there's also a large part of me that sometimes just wants to build something and doesn't have to have anything new in it. Um, I'm just really interested in that form or that shape. You want to own um, that piece of furniture. Yeah. Yeah. There and, you go. And yeah. you just want to. You just want to build it. And you know what? I've done dados more than I could possibly imagine. But I, I did a – I just put up a video today on a display shelf. All it is is making panels and cutting dados. I mean there's nothing advanced to this at all. But it was a totally fun project to build. Um, and then there are projects that I built in my former life when I had power tools that I want to build again with hand tools. Um, and that's a totally different experience. And in that instance, I have no problem jumping into that and, and filming that. Um, because the techniques aren't really any different. Um, I'm just tackling it with different tooling. Yeah, um, there's just some things that are kind of on the bucket list in a sense. Like you've, I've always wanted to build a Morris chair, you know, and I didn't think that the Morris chair contained any techniques that I was unfamiliar with. Uh, shouldn't have been a problem to make it, but I just wanted that thing. I wanted to see yeah. that chair in my living room, you know, and that was the motivation for doing it. So you're right. Sometimes it, it doesn't have to be uh, something that will push you to the next level. Well, well you know, and, and that's one thing I, I, I feel like I, oh, this is like, I, I feel like I'm being really lame here and saying like, well, the show is holding me back from making these things. But I think regardless of whether I did the show or not, the fact that I, I do have this limited time to get in there, I, I do oftentimes will cherry pick projects that I'm, I'm going to do because of the fact that I know if I were to take on this particular type of designer, play with this type of thing, it's probably going to take me 10 times as long at the rate that I typically build things to actually get this done. And then a part of me in the back of my brain is thinking, I'm going to get really bored with this and this will be the thing that breaks me <laughs> so that I never want to woodwork again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's pretty key though. Um, I found myself in that situation where I've taken on a project um, because someone suggested it or somehow some external pressure, if you will, has said do that particular build and I just wasn't into it. And yeah. it becomes a slog. Yep. Um, oh, yeah. So, I, I mean, new techniques, I, I'd like to say that, yes, that's what's driving it. But I just want to be, like, interested in what it is I'm building. Um, and that, that frankly, is, the, is the, the benefit of not, you know, having to build on commission all the time. Um, there are some woodworkers out there who make a living with the furniture they build and they can build whatever it is they want. Um, those are very rare people, <laughs> I think. Um, but, you know, a lot of people will tell you that's the part that, that's tough because they're just building the same thing over and over again because that's what people want. Um, I can't do that. Uh, it just – it becomes painful. That doesn't um, sound fun. No. no. 
Not at all. Yep. And and there have been there's been a couple of projects that I did for the hand tool school that I did because some members suggested it. And let's be honest, these are people that are paying me. So it's kind of the same thing. You know, they're paying me to to build and film this, but I really wasn't into the project. And, you know, it took me twice as long to finish it <laughs> just because I could not get my button gear down there. Couldn't get excited about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah that's important. It's uh, the core of your motivation to go in there and do things, whether it's the technique that's exciting you something new or the fact that the, the final form is the, the thing you're going for. Something's got to be in there to, to keep you motivated. Well, I also tend to think that from a technique perspective, there does get to be a point where you don't want to say that there's nothing new under the sun, but that technique is just a slight variation. That new technique in quotes is only slightly different from stuff that you've done before. Oh yeah. Um, and you know, I've done a lot of inlay work, so there's some real similarities between inlay and marquetry. And in a lot of respects, marquetry could be a little bit easier because you're dealing with much thinner material instead of trying to inlay a full half inch thick, whatever butterfly or something into, um, a, a, a solid background. Yeah. Um, there are some similarities there that would make me go, you know what? I feel confident with this thing that's similar to it. Let me go after this. Um, one thing that I, I caution people is don't think that I hate the whole, this is an advanced project. This is a beginner project. Um, and you know, perfect example of that is our buddy Vic Hubbard. His first project ever was in the pages of fine woodworking magazine. Yeah. That cradle he built, which yep. was and- like, sculpted and all kinds of crazy joinery. And I mean, he never thought, Oh, this is an advanced project. I shouldn't tackle it because the technique required I've never done before. Um, and I really don't think that should ever hold anybody back from trying something. Well, I think and if, I've never forgiven him for it. <laughs> yeah, what true. a jerk. Yeah. Um, Jeez. And I think, Show I off. think one of the most important things for people to remember, and I give this advice all the time is like you said, the beginner intermediate advanced, don't go around looking for beginner projects. I mean, there might be a time where, okay, you, you make your cutting board, right? Because that's going to help you with milling with a glue up. It'll introduce you to a lot of things. Um, but once you're looking to build basic furniture items, don't dig around for beginner projects. Instead, dig around for something you want, something your husband, your wife wants, you know, someone in the family wants, whatever it is, make it something that is going to be a useful item. Because even if you screw it up, even if you mess things up, everything is salvageable to some extent. And you can end up with a piece of furniture that if it's not good enough for you, how much you want to bet aunt so-and-so is absolutely going to love this thing that you made for her, you know? So it's, so you could still give these things away and then try again. And it's when, when the stakes are high, like practice is always good, but when the stakes are high, the practice that you do and the cuts you make mean a whole lot more. And if you make mistakes, those mistakes mean a whole lot more. Uh, so I always recommend people just pick a project you are invested in because you want that project. And what you learn on the journey of that project is going to really sink in much deeper than if you were just kind of building practice projects because you think you need to build practice projects. Right. Absolutely. Cool. All right. Well, we'll keep this one rather short. I know Shannon has to get going here. Um, Matt, I guess how about you give him the contact info and we'll get out of here. All right, folks. Well, I'm not going to sing this one. I'm just going to give it to you straight on. Oh. Comments, questions, topic suggestions. I could try to sing it. Do but it. I don't want to make anybody's ears bleed. Oh, okay. I want to hear you rap it. What 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 what? Uh, what 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 so you have several different ways to contact us leave uh-huh. us a voicemail on skype our username is wood talk online call uh, our voicemail uh, line at 623-242-5180 email us at kick 
feedback at woodtalkshow.com or leave us a comment on Wood Talk Facebook page. Yeah. Yo, and if you're looking for the show notes or downloads from today's show or previous episodes, you're going to find those over at woodtalkshow.com. Oh, man. That just yes. happened. That was incredible. We have to clip that out and use it all the time. <laughs> Very nice. Nothing like a white guy from Michigan rapping. You ought to hear my expert version of that. <laughs> That's so good. All right. Well, if you didn't hear anything else, you you tune in for just that. It's totally worth it. I think. See, I'm trying to distract from the fact that I'm like too chicken to try anything different in my woodworking. There you go. But man, is he really pushing the limits with his rap? Yeah. Let me tell you. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody, and we'll uh, catch you next time. See ya. Yo yo yo. Bye. Yo yo.